Hey guys and gals, this is 2A Leo. It was going to be the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. I want to appreciate y'all for listening in today. Uh, well, we're going to just get into the nitty gritty. Uh, before I take that back, before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, just a fair warning: I am coming down with a sinus infection, uh, so I may cough. I may get some water. I may blow my nose. I will do my damnedest to catch it all during editing. Uh, but if you do catch it, I am fucking sorry. Just too fucking bad, too fucking sad. I'm just going to try and give y'all the best of the firearms industry news in this podcast since it's been two weeks since we've let one out. Uh, and a lot of shit has happened. A lot of shit. Uh, so I am going to give y'all the, the nitty gritty of what have happened, my opinions, and some cool news articles of what have occurred. Uh, before we get started, uh, just if y'all would, please just go ahead and go to my Facebook and Instagram page. Uh, give us a like, give us a follow. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Uh, take a look at some of my funny fucking hilarious memes that I think you'll like. Uh, I might have stolen some, as you could see. Some of them I uh, left the Instagram, the Instagram um, people, uh, their shit still on there. So that way you can kind of give them credit of what occurred. But anyway, here we go, and let's get into the podcast. Alright, since we have been on the podcast this last time, April Fool's has occurred. There's been some, uh, some fucking hilarious shit that's come out, and there's been some shit that's... Eh, not so hilarious, but hey, they gave it a good fucking try. Uh, the first one I will definitely say is the Magpul Waffle Maker. If you have not seen this, you need to fucking look it up, and they need to make this shit happen. Magpul has already come out and said that they will not make a Waffle Maker, but they need to license that shit out to somebody. I personally would love to buy one, and whenever I have any anti-gun family or friends come over, uh, whether it's going to be for lunch or breakfast, I don't give a fuck. I will fix them bitches chicken and waffles on a Magpul waffle. That is fucking awesome. I mean, if it was under 50 bucks, I'm definitely going to buy that motherfucker. But I think that's awesome. The next, my, my personal favorite April Fool's story that came out actually came from Pew Pew Tactical. Uh, the headline is John Moses Browning exhumed and reanimated to kickbox Gaston Glock. Uh, it came out, of course, April 1st on April Fool's. Now, April Fool's, uh, for people that are not into the gun community like I am, April Fool's, of course, is, if you don't know what April Fool's is, just go fucking suck start a shotgun anyway. But it is where some of the people in the gun community come out with some fucking hilarious shit. And they, uh, they, they just post hilarious shit, you know, crazy shit. Uh, but this is by far been my favorite some of the stuff that came in uh, came out of the article that I believe is hilarious. Uh, it states, and I quote: "Although he declined to give specifics, Dr. Earnhardt or Einhart stated the advancements in reanimation serum included fresh millennial buds, steel ball bearings from Benchmade's factory, and tears from Hudson's manufacturing's investors." Uh, that's fucking hilarious. If you haven't heard, Hudson Manufacturing has gone belly up. They had a pretty fucking cool gun come out a few years ago. Uh, maybe about two or three years ago at SHOT Show. The Hudson M9. Not the Hudson M9. The Hudson 9. Basically, it is a striker-fired 1911-style pistol that is inter integrally suppressed. It is a pretty cool gun. Uh, they already have the Maxim 9 out, and it was kind of competing against that. 
But unfortunately for the Hudson 9, it had a lot of fucking issues, and a lot of people sent their shit back, never got their shit back. And now it looks like they're not ever going to get their shit back because Hudson manufacturers declared bankruptcy and they're selling all their shit. But I thought it was this was hilarious, and it goes on to the next uh, next paragraph, and I quote, When asked what pitting the reanimated corpse of America's most beloved gun designer versus the 89-year-old Gaston Glock would accomplish, Dr. Einhart, PR assistant, said three reasons. Science. What better way to see which gun design is the best? Lastly, the pay-per-view money. Of course, that is fucking hilarious. Damn, that shit's funny. And finally, it goes on to say, uh, the kickboxing match is set for April 24th, 2018 at the Staples Center with the money team as its promoters. Pay-per-view prices are set at $45. And also before that, uh, it did say uh, it some uh, fucking, I guess, content creators. I don't know if these people are real or not. Stated it's counterproductive and a waste of public funds to keep stoking the fire of the 1911 versus Glock debate when we all know the 1911 are... Interview ends before he was the victim of a swatting accident at the hands of the rival Glock website. That shit is hilarious. That was by far my most favorite fucking... uh, That was by far my favorite fucking uh, April Fool's uh, prank story that came out in the gun industry. I I thought it was awesome. I thought it was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on pewpewtactical.com. That's where I got the the, the news story. Uh, It's fucking hilarious. But started that with a lighter note because we are going to start getting into the news. Uh, well, I take that back. I'm sorry. There's This is not an April Fool's story. Uh, this is an actual news story. And being somebody that is from the Deep South, I read this and I automatically thought, what the fuck has Florida Man been up to now? Uh, but actually, it's not Florida Man. Uh, and you, I'm sure probably all have some, seen this fucking news article. Scroll through your, your social media, Facebook feeds, Instagram, you know, Twitter feed, whatever the fuck. Uh, the headline is neighbors arrested for shooting each other while wearing bulletproof vest. This article actually comes from Guns America Digest, and I pulled this article straight from them because that actually gave the most complete news release of this incident. When I read it on other news websites, it basically stated that these guys were arrested because they were shooting at each other. But actually, Guns America Digest, congratulations, y'all! Y'all gave the best fucking uh, the best fucking the reporting on this incident that I've seen on it, but it says two Arkansas men are in hot water after taking turns shooting each other or shooting one another while the other was wearing a bulletproof vest. Neighbors Charles Eugene Ferris, 50, and Christopher Hicks, 36, were drinking Sunday in Ferris's backyard. Ferris was donning donning body armor and told Hicks to shoot him with a 22 caliber rifle. And again, excuse me all if I'm fucking up these words. I'm kind of fucking high on medicine right now, Sudafed and all kinds of other shit trying to get rid of this nasal decongestant because of the sinus infection. But anyway, and it continues to say, with the vest on, Chuck shot Chris in the back, not once, but six times. Chuck, and in quote on this news article, unloaded the clip into Christopher's back said the police report authored by the Benton County Sheriff's Office. Whoever authored that article needs to go shoot themselves in the fucking face or beat their face or go apologize to a tree for fucking working so hard to give it oxygen to say unloaded the clip into Christopher's back. It's not a fucking clip. But the news article continues also. It says, following the exchange, Ferris sought treatment. Well, before I continue, this is what I did not read in most news articles, and this is why I picked Guns America Digest to do this news article, because uh, this is what it said right here. Because this is being a law enforcement officer myself, you know, 2A Leo, 
this is why probably the cops fucking arrested these dumbasses because of this shit right here. Following the exchange, Ferris sought treatment at the local hospital. Not wanting to look like a complete idiot, Ferris invented a story about a shootout in Hobbs State Park. But oh no, friends, it does not stop right there. The most ridiculous part of the fucking story gets even better. It continues to say, Ferris told hospital staff and accompanying investigators that he was paid $200 to protect, quote-unquote, an asset. When Ferris and the asset entered the park at 10 p.m. Saturday night, they were confronted by an armed man in a white suit traveling down a bicycle path. A gunfight broke out, and Ferris was shot protecting the asset. And probably my best favorite part of this fucking news article says that tall tale may have held up if it wasn't for Ferris's wife who ratted him out to authorities. Fucking bitches ain't nothing but hoes and tricks, man. That's fucking hilarious. I just could not fucking believe that because, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna let you know as a law enforcement officer, if somebody fucking lies to me, I'm gonna do my damnedest to do, make sure that they are stuck with the book because if you waste my time, hell hath no fury as a law enforcement officer whose time you wasted. There's more shit that we have to do than just deal with your bullshit and lying. And that's probably why they're arrested, not for being stupid, but for lying at the fucking cops. But, Again, they were stupid for lying at the cops. So, yeah, they were arrested for their own fucking stupidity. But I'm going to... Last uh, last podcast, we talked about a interesting article written by, obvious, a liberal reporter in the Washington Times or the Washington Post or whatever the fuck it was. I already forgot it. But basically, it was about the heavily armed millennials of Instagram. This, we are going to break down a, another news article that had come out that is again written by a liberal reporter, two liberal reporters actually. It was published March 27, 2019 in the New York Times. And the title of the news article is People Kill People, But the Bullets Seem to Matter. No fucking shit, Einstein. I can't believe that they decided to write this article. And it gets only better people. Some of y'all might have seen this. Some of y'all might not have. Uh, look it up. It is insane. It's basically about a study in the city of Boston and the total of fatalities versus uh, non-fatality shootings that occurred in the city. But I have read the article for you fine folks out there listening to this podcast, and I made some interesting notes to try and dissect this bitch and let you know the obvious skewed views that this guy had and where he is obviously skewed if not the whole fucking article, but and also some in some fucking crazy and strange counter arguments he's made actually against, in my views, the gun control narrative. But as we go on, let me get into this article. It states research suggests that one change could have lowered that number by 40%. I'm sorry. It started by in Boston from 2000, uh, 2010 to 2015, there were 220. One, gun homicides. Research suggests that one change could have lowered that number by 40%. Smaller bullets. Fucking genius work so far. Continues, says, a study last year published by the JAMA Network Open. And let me just stop right there and just let you know the JAMA is the Journal of American Medical Associates network obviously but uh that is what the jma is and if you have been keeping up with news uh in the gun industry and gun control and defending the second amendment 
you will know that the American Medical Association is obviously fucking pro-gun control, anti-Second Amendment. They want gun control out there. They want to take away as many people right to the bear, right to bear firearms as possible because they think that guns kill people, which it is the person behind the gun is that kills that person. It doesn't matter if that person has a fucking gun, if that person has a fucking knife, a car, doesn't fucking matter. That person who pulled that trigger was set to do harm to somebody. And as you can see in England and in London, where there is strict gun control, it doesn't fucking matter if the guns are taken away. Criminals are still going to find a way to cause injury to their victims. The article continues, as the popular bumper sticker argues, guns do not kill people, people kill people. No fucking shit. But these journalists state that the study set out to test that slogan and has found it wanting. All right, let's continue with this bullshit that it says. It quotes a Philip Cook, uh, emeritus professor of public policy at Duke University, and it says this person is one of the study's co-authors. It says He says the type of weapon matters. If all the shooters in Boston had used the same type, have used if all the shooters in Boston had used the types of guns in circulation with the biggest bullets, the homicide rate could have been 43% higher. Let's break this shit down, folks. First off, Philip Cook. He is a co-author of the study, and he has also written several books, uh, starting back from my research going all the way to 2000, uh, that are obviously very anti-gun and pro-gun control. So you can already tell just by doing some research on this guy who's one of the co-authors <coughs> of this study, he is very anti-gun. So that should tell you something right there that this uh, this study is biased. It is obviously being picked by these authors and of course being chosen to be published by the New York Times because it fits their narrative of pro-gun control, trying to take away our Second Amendment rights. Um, and, of course, 43% higher if they use bigger bullets? Where the fuck are they getting their statistics from? How the fuck do they think that a bigger bullet could cause more damage? That is one of the most asinine things I have ever read. That is straight about assumptions. Straight assuming that if the bigger bullet had been used in a shooting, that 43% more of those people would have died. And I don't know about y'all folks, but me growing up, you know what assume means. If you break that fucking word down, if you assume it makes an ass out of you and me, that's exactly what these journalists and that fucking professor is doing. And the article continues to go and says, changes in design have made it easier to fire big bullets from concealable weapons and manufacturers have marketed more powerful guns as better tools for self-defense. No fucking shit. And then it continues to say, in the 1970s and 1980s, the guns most commonly used in crime tended to be revolvers or small, inexpensive pistols that fired 22 caliber rounds, so-called for their 0.22-inch diameter. And then it gives a little fucking picture of a 22 caliber round, and it gives it measurements, and it's in centimeters. And I don't know about y'all, but I like to have my fucking units of measurement in freedom, so I don't like the metric system because I have to Google that shit out and see, all right, so what is he trying to say? Is it bigger, smaller, whatever the fuck? But anyway, um, 
being a law enforcement officer, I have been around several old timers, as I call them, that have been police officers back in the 70s, back in the 80s. And of course, that's what fucking most criminals used back in the day was revolvers because that's what was more readily available. Semi-automatic weapons did not become popular until the late 80s, early 90s when the military adopted them and multiple law enforcement agencies adopted them as their duty weapons. So there wasn't really that many fucking semi-automatic uh, semi-automatic pistols being made. I mean, the only two that I can think of off the top of my head that were popular and were mass-produced were the 1911 and the Browning High Power or the FN High Power. But again, this guy, these journalists have no fucking frame of reference for their article. They are just using whatever research and whatever fucking shit that they can find to conform to their narrative. It's fucking ridiculous, fucking stupid. It is just... Again, what are their references for this? Did they go back and look at more studies of police confiscations of firearms to tell what was used? Or are they just pulling this straight out of their ass? Are they just looking at fucking movies that they remembered back in the day when they were at the fucking Capri Theater and it was retro night and they were looking at old fucking Clint Eastwood movies and that's what the bad guys were using? Probably because they are. there's no such thing as real journalism anymore. This, the article continues to say, a recent study of gun used by criminal gangs also in the Boston area found that gang members paid the most for large caliber semi-automatic pistols, which they often bought secondhand at prices much higher than those paid by legal purchasers in gun stores. Ding, 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 ding. Fucking of course. And this is where it kind of blows my mind because I wonder if they realized what they were doing. They are stating that criminal gangs are buying semi-automatic firearms, fucking any firearms, which are secondhand and those prices are higher than legal purchasers in gun stores because criminals will get their hands on any firearm they can with whatever money that they can get, most likely probably from another fucking crime that they committed, just being a law enforcement officer. That's what they do. They hustle to get their money and they use that money to better hustle so he's basically stating in my opinion after reading that gun control doesn't work fucking criminals are going to get their hands on firearms however they fucking can and i just thought wow did they pop their head out of their ass did they hear that distinct pop when it came out and realize that gun control doesn't work probably fucking not but i just thought as a objective reader to this article that yeah this is fucking true criminals are going to go onto the streets and purchase whatever the fuck they can to commit the crimes that they commit they do not need a law saying that they can do it they do not care if there is a law saying they can't they're going to find the tools that they need to commit their crimes it, gun control doesn't work the article continues to go to say Franklin Zimring, a professor of law at the University of California, Berkeley, said he had been surprised to see so much similarity in the circumstances between fatal and non-fatal shootings. What made the difference, he said, appeared to be some combination of luck, aim, and the weapon involved. Now, I will say, I will agree to a third of what this guy says. It is fucking luck. 
it doesn't matter if you look at any of these videos of perfect fucking one. I saw one today of the Henry County Sheriff's Office in Georgia. There was four officers who were going into a barricaded suspect's house and he had two hostages there. And of course, the first guy, it's a fucked up video if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's a four man fire team. One guy breaches the door. One guy's damn near in the fucking garage door says that he's going to follow the breach guy. You had one fucking guy with a long gun behind, not even, I'm sorry, not behind a tree. He's more like beside a tree. And then you had one fucking guy inside a car from the body cams that the Henry County Sheriff's Office released. And uh, breach guy goes into the door. He gets popped. Uh, he retreats into a stairwell out of the line of sight of the shooter. And then the guy that was supposed to be the number two guy behind him stands in front of a fucking window. And the shooter starts popping rounds out of the window. Which, it, to me, it clearly seemed like the blinds were closed. But because of luck, because the bad guys always, for some fucking reason, have luck on their side. He shot out the window. And... Damn near hit the guy that was standing in front of the window that was supposed to be the number two guy. And somehow hit the guy in the that was having the long gun that was beside a tree instead of getting proper cover behind the tree. Hit him and he ended up retreating. Bad guys always have the best fucking luck for some reason. It's just letting you know from all the shootings that I've seen and worked, bad guys always got the fucking luck for some reason. The article continues to say... Bigger rounds can have their drawbacks for shooters, particularly when loaded into compact handguns. Because the bigger ammunition tends to fire with more explosive power, the 40 and 45 caliber handguns that some Boston criminals were using can have strong recoil that can make them hard to handle or to aim subsequent shots. The trade-off between caliber and aim is part is in part why the FBI and many police departments carry 9mm guns rather than the larger alternatives. I will say, again, this guy doesn't know his fucking elbow from his asshole because if you look at the ballistics testing of most modern 9mm hollow point bullets, those those <coughs> those rounds those rounds perform way better than their larger caliber counterparts. And I personally have seen the testing that the FBI ballistic research facility has done in reference to changing the FBI's standard firearm cartridge from a 40 to a nine millimeter. And basically they published a novel uh, saying how much better the nine millimeter was to the 40 or even the 45. And that was shocking obviously to the people in the ballistic research facility because talking to the gentleman that I was actually part of the reason of why they switched from the nine millimeter or I'm correction from the 40 to the nine millimeter uh, is because uh, those that know anything about the history of uh, law enforcement shootings know that the Miami shootout in the 80s the FBI guys had small caliber handguns and the shooters were using mostly 223 round long guns uh, end up shooting and killing some FBI agents before they finally were able to put down. And it was because the way underperformance of the 9mm round. But they actually tested the old 9mm round that they used back in the 80s versus the new 9mm rounds that we have today. And I'm telling you, when it comes to the cavity, the penetration, the primary and secondary cavity uh, caused by the round, 
going into ballistics gel and going through different rounds, or I'm sorry, different barriers actually, the car doors, drywall, uh, auto glass, all that kind of stuff, the 9mm performs way better. That's why most departments have switched from the 40 to the 9mm. And I will say it is because uh, the recoil is better. I know when my department switched from a Glock 22 40 caliber to the SIG 329 9mm, the qualifications of our sheriffs, of our police department, are the qualifications to our uh, agency went up drastically and people that used to be poor shooters did get better and that is because of the lighter recoil uh, and also you just have more rounds in the in the weapon in my sig 320 i have the extended 21 round mag clip and uh, i have the extended 21 round magazine and the reason i have that is i tell people i want to have all the bullets if some shit goes down so i will say that is the huge reason why a lot of these departments went to that. So that is in reference to this article. If you want to read it, go to the New York Times. It again is called People Kill People, But the Bullets Seem to Matter. No fucking shit, Sherlock. Uh, but that is going to be my take on this article. And the reason why we're going through this article is because it just seems like the liberal journalists always give us something to bitch about. Something to make my mind just fucking give me... The fucking, it just seems to give me the Force Whitaker eye. So that's just kind of why I decided to go through this. And I figured y'all might enjoy it. So that is going to be the opinion article, I guess I will say, of this podcast. And we are going to go on to the next segment. Alright guys, we're going to go into uh, the gear review part of the podcast and uh, the reason I'm uh, going into this and what I'm reviewing is because today we had a uh, range expo that I went to that was put on by a law enforcement uh, product distributor and uh, they had some pretty cool vendors and, and shit out there, a bunch of cool shit, got a bunch of free swag, got a bunch of uh, uh, stickers, patches, other cool shit that uh, actually got a box of free ammo. Actually, won like a three hundred dollar Pelican rifle case and a door prize raffle. A bunch of cool shit out there. Uh, some of the stuff I got to shoot out there. Got to shoot the new FN 59, uh, the Sig th- uh, P365, which has been out for a little while, but the first time I actually got to put some rounds through it. And of course, none of this shit. I had to buy my own ammo. It was all the vendors uh, from the gun manufacturers that brought their own ammo, and. Uh, what else did I get to shoot? I also got to shoot the uh, FN Scar 15, which, of course, that's been out for a while, but I am one of the poorers being a single dad of two, and uh, I have never been able to shoot one, and, man, that thing shot like a fucking dream. Uh, got to shoot a FN P90 fully auto. Got to shoot uh, a SIG MPX 9mm full auto, which I'm definitely going to fucking get either that or the CZ Scorpion now. I'm definitely a PCC guy now. Uh, I think that shit was cool. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, also shot the FN 509. Um, got to shoot a uh, SIG 320 with a, a SIG red dot on it. Which, I mean, I fucking already carry and own uh, a SIG 320. But it was cool to use a red dot. Because I am slowly going to get myself into the red dot market. Uh, being the firearms instructor I, of my agency, I want to make sure that I'm able to uh, be able to 
use all whatever the fucking our, my guys can carry. So I want to make sure that uh, I'm trained up on it. So I'm going to get me one eventually. Uh, but, and what else did I fucking shoot? I shot a uh, uh, SIG. It was a, it wasn't a MPX, but it was basically a 300 blackout with a six and a half inch barrel. And uh, guys, I'm saying even with motherfucking ear pro, uh, that shit was deafening. It wrung my ears. Uh, and something else that I thought was really cool uh, is they had some suppressed uh, firearms there. And when I was watching some of the other guys shooting it on the firing line, uh, I saw them, you know, I saw a lot of that fucking blowback in their face. And I was like, damn, I said, bet, bet you they're getting fucking choked. Uh, but when I shot it, it wasn't that bad. And uh, I think that kind of fucking threw me over the edge. Just that, yeah, I'm going to have to fucking get a... Uh, Get a motherfucking suppressor now. So, uh, and speaking of suppressors, uh, I'm going to specifically mention this product, and that's going to be my kind of uh, gear review. I didn't shoot it; they didn't have any of the fire or any of these these suppressors on the firearms there at the range expo today that I went to. But I thought it was an amazing fucking concept, and I'm definitely going to look up these guys. Uh, they are Thermal Defense Solutions, uh, and it is uh, some guys up in the road in Tennessee. And what's really fucking cool about these guys is that all these suppressors are made from 3D printed materials. And what makes it not only that much more special since they're made out of 3D printed materials is that they are extremely lightweight. I mean, these fucking things are insanely lightweight. And one of the so, uh, the suppressors I was looking at was the Bantam. Uh, the MSRP on it is uh, $699. It is only 6.5 ounces. The measurements are the length is 4.7 inches. Diameter is 1.25 inches. And, of course, like I said, it is 6.5 ounces. And the materials, you know, some of these fucking uh, techie guys probably know better than I know what it is. But it's a Inconel 718. The guy that was uh, there, that was a rep for the the brand, said this is the exact same material that SpaceX uses on their rockets. Hey, he fuck it could be lying. He could be telling the truth. Fuck if I know. Uh, but uh, it, what's really cool about these suppressors is that they come with a lifetime warranty, and that's kind of what uh, sold me on it. Is because hey, the price isn't as bad. It's not as bad as other things that I've seen. Uh, they had law enforcement pricing, so I'm going to probably get it uh, for a little bit cheaper than that, $699. Uh, but the lifetime warranty. And he uh, stated that some of the agencies that already bought it and some of the ones that they've tested, and apparently the suppressor company has only been out for a couple years, uh, but one of their suppressors already have a round count of 35,000 rounds on it, and they still have not been able to fucking destroy it. Uh, he mentioned some other suppressor uh, you know, testers and reviewers uh, that have been able to destroy every other suppressor that they've tested and, and they haven't been able to uh, destroy theirs. And of course, who fucking knows how true that is uh, because, you know, everybody's trying to sell you their own little brand of snake oil. But uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, if you guys go take a look at them, I thought this was pretty fucking cool. I'm definitely going to get me a suppressor now after uh, fooling with some today and seeing this because I've been looking for something that's lightweight, not too fucking long, but gives me enough uh, you know, suppression and something that I didn't notice or didn't say on here earlier is their sound reduction on here is uh, 20 decibels. Uh, it's an in-canal construction. So uh, in-canal construction. So that's something else uh, that, you know, you guys probably want to know about. But uh, give them a look on uh, the website. It's thermal 
DefenseInc.com. They are Thermal Defense Solutions. Uh, Right now on their little uh, fucking brochure that I got from them, they have five different suppressors. Uh, They have a Strix uh, that's a sound reduction 32 decibels. That's 762. Uh, It's $1,100. Uh, it's eight inches long. They have another one, the Badger. It's a thousand dollars. It's five five six and seven six two, six point seven inches long, thirty decibel uh, rating. Uh, also SBR rated. They have another one called the Spectre. It's twelve hundred dollars, twenty eight decibel reduction, fully auto and SBR rated for five five six. And then they have something called the Vulcan, which is a thousand dollars. It is a five thousand uh, five five six, six point one five inch long. Uh, and sound reduction of 28 decibels and all of these weights are in between you know around like 6 to 12 13 ounces so it's pretty fucking cool and amazing what those guys did Um, so I'm definitely going to give those guys a check out I also suggest that you guys check them out let me know what you think if you think that there's something better out there let me know especially since I'm planning on buying one of these motherfuckers I'm going to get paid $200 $200 to the crown, so that's going to be uh, our gear spotlight kind of review check since I actually was able to put my hand on these guys, even though I didn't put no rounds through it, but let's go on to our next segment. Alright guys and gals, we're going to go on to the next part of this, which is going to be the news and industry of the firearms world. Uh, And those of you who have known since the last time we were on this podcast two weeks ago, bump stocks are now considered machine guns. They are illegal to the average Joe like you and me, unfortunately. So it has been uh, depressing to me. I personally don't have bump stocks because I think they're fucking stupid. But I personally believe that it is an infringement of our Second Amendment rights. And the fact that it has gone to this, I think, is just fucking utterly pathetic. And I think it's horrible. I am giving a huge kudos to the Firearms Policy Foundation who was able to get a stay for their members in reference to the Bubstock Band. Uh, I hope that the stay goes before the Supreme Court and their arguments are, are seen by the Supreme Court and hopefully they can reverse this shit because I personally think it's wrong. But the news article that I'm coming or I'm talking to you guys about comes from guns.com. 60,000 bump stocks shredded in Texas. It actually comes with a video unfortunately. It says to comply with a new federal rule classifying bump stocks as untransferable machine guns, a Texas distributor sent their entire inventory of the now banned devices to the scrappers. They shredded 60,000 bump stocks. Uh, In the days before the rule changing, reclassifying the bump stocks went into effect on March 26th. RW, which is RW Arms, is a Fort Worth-based business that this article is referencing, was selling the devices between $105 to $450, making the parts destroyed to comply with the prohibition worth millions. Under the rule, the bump stock owners must either destroy the stocks or abandon them at the at an ATF office without reimbursement for the cost of value. To me, that is what's entirely illegal. Uh, the Constitution clearly states that if you are going to deprive somebody of their property, you have to give them due process and compensation, neither of which has happened. <coughs> and it's just a fucking terrifying, 
terrifying thing in the gun industry that the ATF can basically just say, hey, guys, you're no longer allowed to have this shit, even though you spent your hard-earned money. I know some people have bump stocks. They have like three or four of them stupid fucking things because it's just a cool range gimmick, and they want to be tactical or whatever the fuck it is. And they spent a lot of money, especially because after the Las Vegas shooting, when it was coming up that it might get banned, uh, some of these fucking websites, and I'm just going to go ahead and throw one out there, tacticalshit.com. Uh, uh, I like their website. I think they sell some cool shit, but I do think they're kind of cheaper than dirt-ish on trying to gouge people out of their money when it comes to making a profit on certain items. And hell, I'm not in the business, so I can't tell you if they had to pay more whenever they got restocked with them, so I don't fucking know. But to me, it just seems like when one manufacturer is still able to sell them for around 150 bucks, and then you're selling the fucking thing, for around two or 250 bucks, which seems like the exact same fucking thing, kind of price gouging a little bit. But these people, obviously, at RW Arms in Fort Worth, lost millions of dollars of inventory. Now, I doubt that their insurance company is going to reimburse them for the loss of that property, and I know for a fucking fact the ATF or the United States government is not going to reimburse them. So they're completely out of that money and it is just fucking sad and hopefully in the future i can give you an update on bump stocks and what the firearms policy foundation has done in reference to stopping that band or reversing that band because i'm telling you folks if the atf can go and say hey we had ruled this legal but now we are ruling it as illegal it is scary as fuck because what do you think they're going to go for next I personally think they're going to go for pistol braces. And I do have some pistol braces. And they have already wishy-washied on that fucking thing. And I really think that is going to be the next target for the gun-grabbing left. And I think that's something we need to be careful of. Because if they were able to get their W on this, then they see this as a game plan on how they can continue on eroding away our Second Amendment rights. But speaking of our Second Amendment rights, I want to give a round of motherfucking applause for our brothers and sisters of the farms community in California. Because for a almost glorious entire week, the people of the, well, I will say the great state of California, but it's really not that fucking great because you are basically living in a communist puppet state. But the people in that state were able to live in a semi-free state because a judge in uh, a federal court over there in California has ruled that the magazine restrictions were illegal and for six days they were able they were able to purchase magazines that were over 10 rounds and this next news article comes from Ameland the title states companies crushed with heavy demand for gun magazines from California and listening to other content creators and other podcasts, California is a humongous Second Amendment state. You would not be able to think about it, be, think of that because they are full of fucking loonies and that's all you see about California. But California does have a lot of fucking people and some of those people are Second Amendment advocates and enthusiasts. So they were able to, for a week, purchase magazines over 10 rounds. Uh, the MLN article continues, says, since Friday's landmark court decision that legalized magazines holding more than 10 rounds, California buyers have been going crazy with purchases. Most online retailers have resumed the sale of magazines of all sizes to the people of the Golden State. Rainier, Rainier Arms has 
seen a significant uptick in traffic with most sales beginning for the Magpul Gen 2 30 round magazines. The increase in internet transactions has even crushed crashed Rainier Arms payment processing servers. And I'm telling you guys, it's not even Rainier Arms. It's everybody. It's Mag Warehouse. It's tactical shit. It is Palmetto State. It is Brownells. It is Midway USA. They are making a fucking killing. And I will say that I think this is great for the gun industry because uh, the quarter that they're going to have this year is probably going to increase or even possibly kick the shit out of last year's quarter because of <clears throat> the way the firearm industry has evolved in how they have gone away from the old AR-15s during Obama times where that's what everybody was fucking buying and everybody was coming out with their own models uh, to now they're just going to accessories and concealed carry and whatnot. So uh, that's where I think most of the money has been in the Second Amendment industry. And some of these companies are making a killing. I'm sure Magpul is making a fucking killing right now. That's the reason why they can't make those fucking waffle makers is because they got to continue busting out PMAGs like it's nobody's fucking business because uh, they're trying to keep up with the demand right now. Uh, it is obviously... If you've been able to keep up with the news, there has been a stay put on that order, which it makes me wonder what's going to happen with those people that ordered all those magazines, because I guarantee you that some of those California residents thought, fuck, we better hurry up and get as many, you know, uh, standard capacity magazines as we can, because this shit's not going to last long. So is that automatically going to turn those people into felons? And then, of course, what happens to the retailers that has taken these people's money and has purchased extra inventory to keep up with the demand and now they might not be able to send those fucking magazines to those people so they're going to have to refund that money back to the people in california and then they're just going to have all this fucking inventory on uh, on hand i mean eventually they'll get to sell it out but that's not how a very good business model is um so what is going to happen uh, it's interesting times people interesting fucking times and i will say that the California Department of Justice is already arguing. They're going to argue in front of the Ninth Circuit, I'm sure, uh, to try and reverse this federal judge's ruling. Uh, but then again, it could, and I'm just letting you know, if you look at the nitty-gritty of this argument, the judge ruled and said the uh, Keller case, Keller versus D.C., is uh, the reasoning for why he shot this down because the ban on standard capacity magazines or basically magazines that hold more than 10 rounds uh, is a firearm accessory and it is protected under the second amendment based on the Keller decision. So uh, it will be interesting to see if this makes it to the Supreme Court because if this makes it to the Supreme Court, this is not only going to affect our brothers and sisters who are gun enthusiasts in the state of California, but it's going to affect everybody in non-free states all over the country. And liberals will fucking lose their minds their heads will explode it is it's going to be insanity um so i just think that's very interesting uh something definitely to keep up if you want to continue to look up in the news uh definitely keep an eye out on that speaking of government and decisions uh, this is going to be an interesting article i got this from officer.com a weld county sheriff Steve Reams told CNN recently he is willing to be a prisoner in his own jail rather than enforce a law he feels is unconstitutional. Now, this is going to be in reference to red flag laws that are being passed in Colorado that the sheriff finds unconstitutional. Uh, 
And in his statement, he states that he is planning on making Weld County uh, a Second Amendment sanctuary county where they will not enforce any gun control laws that they feel are unconstitutional. And this guy, he fucking gets it. This is somebody I personally think I would rather work for uh, because he is stating that it's putting... Uh, not only himself in legal jeopardy, uh, but it is also putting himself and his deputies in physical jeopardy. Because when you go out to confiscate these firearms from people on these red flag laws, you know, first off, they're already going to be pissed because they are got a red flag law, you know, a red flag, you know, flown or I don't know what the fuck you'd call it flown against them or, or they got tagged with a red flag. I don't know what the fuck you would call it. But not only are they pissed about that, but then you come out there to take their property uh, without due process. And after they take those guns, what's to say that they either A, get another gun off the streets because just like in that article that we read earlier, criminals don't give a fuck about gun laws. Uh, and also what's going to say that they don't get a knife, they don't get a car, they don't fucking look up some shit on the internet and try and make homemade explosives and continue to hurt themselves or well not continue but they hurt themselves or they hurt other law enforcement officers uh this guy is he fucking gets it it's not very smart but he is stating that he could be held in contempt he could be fined he could be thrown in his own jail that he runs but he's stating that he's willing to do that for what he considers a constitutional crisis in my mind uh, with these red flag laws of taking away someone's rights without due process and also just for the safety of his officers. Well, I want to say, Steve Reams, good for you. I'm fucking glad for you, buddy. Uh, and going on to the next article, it's going to be coming from the Farms blog. And I thought this was interesting because a lot of people poo-poo on Glocks and they poo-poo on all the different models they've come out with in the past few years. But it says the Hancock Sheriff's Department selects the Glock 45 uh, as their primary duty weapon. The Hancock uh, Sheriff's Office is in Maine and they are making a switch from the Sig Sauer to the Glock 45 in 9mm, obviously. But I think it's very interesting because as somebody that is active duty law enforcement and uh, I have gone on situations where I've had to draw my weapon in the vehicle before I even rolled up to the scene when I was pulling up to it, uh, sometimes pulling out those longer barreled firearms is a little bit cumbersome because you have all this shit on your belt, you have your, uh, you, you have your vest, uh, the first part I had a under the the shirt vest uh, later in my career I had uh, and still I have an outer carrier and that was kind of the design of the Glock 40 uh, the Glock model 45 and the Glock model uh, 19x that was the military uh, bid is that you want that lower clearance to clear your your holster whenever you draw your firearm but you still get the the higher capacity magazines in the model 45 and the model 19x uh, I thought it's pretty interesting and I thought you know kudos to the sheriff's office because anytime a sheriff's office can adopt new shit uh, or any law enforcement agency in that for that fact because a lot of these agencies are run by old heads is what they call them on the streets a lot of these fucking agencies are run by old heads that are stuck in their ways and they are basically fearful of change and I think it's I think it's pretty fucking awesome that they did that. Uh, but anyway, that is going to be uh, the end of the news segment of this podcast. Let's get fucking rolling to the next one.
right, folks, we're going to go on and get into the culture segment of this podcast. And we're going to start out with uh, some culture that I think is pretty cool. And it is culture related because I think, well, my kids just had spring break. And with spring break, the next thing you know that's fucking coming up is going to be summer. And that's when a lot of people are going to be start planning on vacations. And if you're a 2A enthusiast like myself, what are some fucking cool vacations that I could go to or maybe... There's some shit around this that I want to go to and I can maybe make a fucking side trip while I'm there to do something that I want to do. Because if you have an eight and a five-year-old like me, they're obviously not going to have the exact same fucking interest that you have. And you can only stand so much Disney shit for one time. So this next article is going to come from Range 365. And the title of it is Coolest Shooting Ranges in the United States. And I would like to go to some of these. I think it's pretty fucking cool. The first range that they talk about is Knob Creek in West Point, Kentucky. And of course, the Knob Creek machine gun shoot is what makes this gun range famous. Uh, It is obviously only a certain time of the year that they have this, but it is a famous, uh, it is a famous gun range because of that. The second range they talk about is called Hella Bacon. It is in Bryan, Texas, and as a native Texan, this is fucking cool. And the claim to fame is where you can shoot machine guns from helicopters. And it says, need we say more? Yeah, it's kind of fucking cool. It's basically where you can ride around in their little dinky helicopter uh, shooting uh, fully automatic weapons to... uh, kill pigs and all that other kind of shit and uh, it's pretty fucking cool uh, it's about 100 miles north northwest of houston so you're in the southwest part of texas pretty fucking cool and the next one is going to be the nra winnings whittington center in Raton, new mexico i think that's how you fucking per that's how you fucking say it but it's uh claim to fame it's going to be the largest outdoor shooting and hunting range on-site recommendations Uh, on-site accommodations and it is considered a perfect shooting spot and yeah that's pretty fucking cool it's about 175 miles northeast of santa fe and just shy of the colorado border they have some pictures of it it's pretty fucking cool especially the aerial shot of it it is fucking huge so that is going to be uh that one the next one it mentions is machine gun vegas Uh, Obviously, uh, Vegas is a great travel spot, so this is something that is actually kind of fucking obtainable uh, that you can maybe swing as a family vacation, and it's claim to fame is if you want to shoot most any type of machine guns, this is the place, including belt-fed machine guns from a helicopter. Uh, That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, You can, you know, talk talks about some of the different ones they do the the 1919 they got 50 cals the 249 the two uh 240 260 all that good or the m60 all that good shit and then the next one it mentions is the range at the preserve and it is in richmond rhode island i wouldn't want to go to the fucking northeast anyway but it says this range offers the largest indoor shooting lanes in the country uh it looks in the pictures that they have it's pretty fucking schnazzy Uh, Very clean, very cool. And the last one, it says the National Rifle Association headquarters range in Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, That is pretty cool. And I personally did not see that when I was up there. I went up there to uh, a D.C. trip and saw the the, uh, Farms Museum. I actually didn't know they have a range, but that's pretty kind of fucking cool. Uh, and of course it says the claim to fame is shoot at the headquarters of the NRA and follow up visit with the pursuing by pursuing 
fucking whatever it says the per using the national farms museum i can't miss anyway uh yeah that's kind of fucking cool uh and then it goes on the sand and sage ridge pistol club in garden city kansas uh it's famous for uh you have 24 7 access that means shooting at night Hone your defensive skills using accessories like lights and lasers. Okay, whatever the fuck. Goes on to First Shot, Indiana, uh, First Shot, and I guess First is a fucking acronym for something. It's in Dyer, Indiana. And what's uh, famous about it is it's a virtual reality training and entertainment using simulating firearms. Uh, that's not the only range that does that kind of shit. <clears throat> There's other ranges locally, uh, not locally, but I know of other ranges that have that kind of shit where you can do virtual shooting and virtual training with different scenarios. I know uh, not my agency, but agencies around us have that kind of stuff, but I also know private ranges that have that. It mentions the Rock Castle Shooting Center in Park City, Kentucky. Uh, It is an all-inclusive shooting resort with the right connections you can shoot in pitch black underground caves. That's kind of fucking cool. I did not even know that they had shooting resorts. Uh, that's pretty fucking cool. It's got some pictures of it. it looks pretty fucking snazzy. Pictures of the caves. Uh, fuck that shit because I'm not a big fan of spiders. And I know that's where always fucking spiders are in caves. Uh, Virginia International Raceway. I did not fucking know that this had a fucking range. That's kind of cool. Uh, it says it includes a 1,000-yard range with a very tall sniper tower. Uh, not only does the raceway offer first-class shooting facilities and training, but you can also race Grand Prix cars. And eh, that's kind of fucking cool. Looks like almost like a golf course. A golf course. Um, and then this is something that's kind of close to home that I cannot believe that I've lived in Alabama this long and I've never fucking been to this place. You got the CMP Talladega Marksmanship Park in Talladega, uh, Alabama. And uh, it's got leading edge competition ready facilities, just like the pros use. And yeah, this is really fucking cool. I know some people that work out there and been out there and it is amazing. I know some people whose kids are on shooting teams. They go out there to compete and they actually just redid this not too long ago uh, and added some really cool, you know, features inside their facilities. Um, So that's something that's cool. That's just a list of things. That, uh, you know, if you're planning a vacation trip, if you've already had spring break, maybe next spring break for this coming summer, or if you haven't had spring break, maybe you want to make a fucking quick little trip if you're going to go to somebody near these places, either visit family, go to the beach, whatever the fuck. Uh, and actually, Taldega's that CMP uh, firing range is not too far off of the beaten path if you're on the way to Gulf Mexico for a, a spring break trip. But going on to the next uh, article of our culture segment, and this is going to be short and sweet. Uh, Discovery Channel's Masters of Arms show is canceled. Uh, it's kind of sad. Uh, you know, it was it was a good show. It wasn't as cool as some of the other shows. Obviously, I, I compare every shooting show to Top Shot because to me that is just the creme de la creme of shooting shows. That I think is fucking awesome. Uh, but Discovery Channel cancels the Master of Arms show. I hate this because it was a cool historical thing. I'm a fucking history nerd, uh, and it was you just don't have that many shows out there that deal with the firearms culture and and stuff like that all these guys that were on the show uh damn near all of them were were you know gunsmiths and obviously they know their craft uh so the fact that it's canceled sucks Uh, i watched i unfortunately didn't watch the whole season uh and i don't have cable so i didn't watch it live and i remember seeing 
one of the co one of the co-hosts of that show was on some other uh, content creators, and you know you're supposed to watch it within so many days of the first airing for it to really count uh, as their ratings. And uh, I might have been able to see some of them in there. I might have been able to see some of them, but anyway, uh, that's just the the knit and grit on that it sucks hopefully i'm hearing that they're wanting to bring back a top shot show like uh fucking show again on um uh whatever discover channel history channel whatever the fuck top shot was on uh so i hope it happens uh but anyway guys the next thing that we're going to go into is kind of like one of my favorite parts that of this uh show is going to be guns and movies and today's movie that we're going to talk about is personally one of my favorite movies not just because if it's a gun movie but because I fucking love this actor uh is uh Leon or The Professional if you haven't seen this movie it's kind of an older movie came out in the early 90s uh it's got uh fucking Gene Reno, the French guy. Uh, he's always a little badass in there in whatever movie he plays. Uh, he's always like either some sort of French foreign legion or ex-special forces, mercenary, some type of shit. Uh, but anyway, some of the, the notable guns in there that I'm going to talk about. Uh, of course, you're going to notice the first thing in that movie is he's got Beretta 92s uh, with custom compensators on there. That's something that he carry around all the time, and those are pretty sweet looking guns. You know, when this movie came out, Beretta 92s were the shit, and that's what most departments were using around the time. Of course, that's when uh, fucking Lethal Weapon came out, and the Army adapted the Beretta 92, the M9. So you had a lot of uh, fucking you know Beretta fanboys because that was the newest greatest thing, and uh, but there is a fuck ton of different firearms used in this. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go over them all because there's just a shit ton of them. Uh, and I'm just going to go over some of the notable ones. Uh, another notable one that he used in there is going to be the fucking the Beretta 93. And he didn't actually use this, but uh, during the opening hit, a pair of the dirty DEA agents that came to the apartment complex, the little girl who was Natalie Portman, by the way, who I did not realize I was fucking Natalie Portman until I was an adult. Uh, and she was already in some major other movies. Uh, but there was the Beretta 93R, which is going to be the uh, machine pistol. It's got a little foldable foregrip that you can hold on to it and shit. Uh, you can see several of the bad guys using that. And then you're going to go on into the next firearm, which he used, which was a Star 30M. Uh, of course, one of the bad guys, again, uses it. One of the, the dirty DEA agents. Uh, you know, that was just an interesting one. Another interesting one that I thought was pretty cool in there uh, was the Smith & Wesson 41 with target grips. Uh you really don't see him using this firearm in the the, the movie. Uh, it's actually one that you see inside of his case that he carries around. And Natalie Portman, uh, she is cleaning it in the uh, when she's on the little fucking kitchen table or whatever. Uh, she's cleaning it, but it's it's a pretty cool little gun. Uh, another one that was in there was the the Llama M87. You know when I'm 
first saw this and I was looking back at where they have it in the movie and actually thought it might have been one of the Beretta 92s just because, you know, it doesn't have a prominent part inside the movie. You really don't know, uh, you know, they don't use use it in the movie, so you really can't see uh, really what's being, you know, what they're holding. Uh, but I thought it was one of the Beretta 92s, but no, it's actually that llama. The next one that I do remember seeing in the movie and I always thought it was kind of cool because I kind of got a soft spot for East Block firearms was the Scorpion SAVZ82. This is another one of uh, the bad guys uses this. He carries it around a good bit. It's actually suppressed in the movie, uh, but he carries it around. And uh, those are just kind of fucking badass, cool little guns. I've always thought I would personally like to own one, uh, but you know, I'm a single dad of two fucking kids. So that's not going to happen anytime soon. And then uh, another one that is in the movie that I thought was pretty cool, and we're going to go a little bit more into it, uh, is the SGW Multimatch AR-15. Now, if you've watched the movie, this is pretty cool because Natalie Portman uh, decides that she wants to be a hitman, and Leon goes to his fucking Italian dude and says, hey, I need to borrow this rifle to practice the fundamentals. And it's really so that way Natalie Portman can do a sniper exercise. And she uses it to uh, pretend snipe a, uh, uh, I guess he's a politician, the way he's got bodyguards going around him and shit like that. Uh, but it's shown down in the movie Breaking, uh, broke down inside of a little cool case and uh, they put it together and they're sitting on a rooftop and they go and put the crosshairs on a politician and uh, she shoots him with a paint round from a good distance away. Uh, but I definitely thought that was kind of cool. I remember seeing that as a kid when I first saw the movie and thought that was pretty badass because I think that was like one of the first times that I saw, you know, like a gun broken down in a case and I was just like, oh, that's fucking cool, man. I just, that's the kind of shit that I want to do. And then the last one I'm going to focus on that I think that it's pretty fucking cool because uh, I almost had to think of when I saw that this was in the movie, I was like, when the fuck did they have this? Uh, but then when I saw it in the little pictures that they have showing when it was used in the movie, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, that's when it was used. It's it's pretty fucking cool. It's a MAS AA-52 uh, machine gun. It is a heavily modified uh, French uh, uh crew serve machine gun uh, with a uh, removed uh, you know carry handle on it and it's uh, junk fitted and it is used by the, the the cops the NYPD in there to launch a grenade into Leon's apartment towards the end of the film uh, and obviously it's kind of fucking absurd that a uh, kind of fucking absurd period that a law enforcement agency is going to have a belt fed crew serve machine gun uh, because, I mean, shows one guy carrying that big heavy bitch up there, uh, but it's like mounted on a heavy fucking tripod and it's, you know, peeked out of a, a ballistic shield that uh, shoots the uh, fucking grenade on there. And, uh, but, you know, and that's something that's actually kind of cool because when they show that the grenades is attached to the machine gun and uh, it's got like a little parachute on there and it says on uh, International Movie Firearms Database, the IMFDB.org, which is what I use, it says the rifle grenade is fitted onto the gun. Note that this is actually a parachute flare indicated by the parachute image and the alum marking 
Ilum being short for illumination. Note that the grenade is not actually fitted on the AA-52's muzzle. It is actually fitted on the side. Uh, but of course, they're doing it so fucking fast in the movie that it, you know, I had to, you know, kind of think about. It. I was like, yeah, you know, I remember it looked like it was actually being fitted on that machine gun. Uh, but it's kind of fucking ridiculous that they have a machine gun uh, that's fitted also with a. <coughs> A rifle grenade launcher. And I just thought that was kind of fucking crazy. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's going to be all the guns I'm going to focus on for this culture segment. And let's go on and close this bitch up because I don't know how much more my voice is going to be able to take with this motherfucking sinus infection. fuckers that's going to be the second episode of this uh, podcast again I want to greatly appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to me fucking giving us a download on whatever you're listening to this podcast on again guys if I would really greatly appreciate it uh, leave me a rating on whatever you're listening on this too whether it be iTunes Google Play Spotify Stitcher or whatever the fuck and then also go to my Instagram or Facebook page give us a like and follow uh, and let us know what you think and uh, you know I greatly appreciate I'm enjoying this. Uh, I, this is only the second episode, but I've been thinking since the last episode that I did about I cannot wait until what the fuck I'm going to talk about. I'm still looking for a co-host. One of my good buddies is supposed to have come over today, but he obviously didn't because he's a fat fuck and he's just being lazy as shit. But anyway, uh, I'm looking for a co-host. Hey, you know, maybe if you give me a fucking like and message me and uh, maybe I'll ask you, hey, you want to fucking come on and be a co-host and we'll see what the fuck we can make work. You never know. Stranger shit has happened in my life. But uh, yeah, that's going to be the end of this podcast. And guys, uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, again, sorry for the sinus infection shit, uh, you know, I, but I just felt like there was just too much fucking news with the whole bump stock ban and the uh, California magazine thing for me not to come on to the podcast and just talk about other shit too. Cause I'm not just going to give y'all just like a little fucking 10 minute podcast to just piddle fart the fuck around. I wanted to go ahead and get in some meat and potatoes and some other cool shit. Uh, and then also, um, you know, I just want to say thank you, but, uh, you know, let me know what you think. Let me know what I could do better on this podcast. If you think I can do anything better, let me know. And, uh, yeah, guys, appreciate it. See you guys in another two weeks. <laughs>